Hi, and welcome to Search Shots Gaming. I'm Tyler, and with me is Dave. Hey, everyone. How's it going? And Chris. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. The shizzle. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Words okay, that should Tyler, not come out Tyler, of my mouth. I'm, I'm whiter than a mayonnaise sandwich and even. That was awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well yeah. aware. I, okay. I, br I bring that cringe factor. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, welcome back to Surf Shots Gaming. Every week we get together, talk about what we've been playing, different things in the video game world. Uh, today, once we go over what we've been playing, uh, we're going to talk about the most infuriating bosses we've ever in uh, encountered in video games. And some of these are like, you know, cursing like a sailor, you know, throwing the controller until it smashes a million pieces. Frustrating. So, you know, a, a good uh, release of tension hobby. You know, the usual for a 13-year-old... Uh... Typical hardcore gamer. <laughs> right. Uh, I have thrown controllers. I will not deny it. I have not oh. thrown a controller. I I have literally, though, gotten up and gotten stomping mad, though. Haven't thrown a controller. Did lose my voice while yelling at the game. And did bite a controller. Mm. Wait, bite a controller? Yeah. I, I pulled like a Shaun of the Dead. It was kind of like... Uh, <laughs> fair yeah. enough but mm -hmm. before we get into those infuriating bosses let's talk about what we've been playing and if you guys don't mind i'd like to start off first here yeah no problem so i've been continuing my journey into ghost of tsushima mm -hmm. and i've come to a revelation mm -hmm. if they ever make a ghost of tsushima 2 which i think they're going to uh, i don't mm -hmm. think it's an if yeah it's i think win. it's a win <laughs> I want there not to be doing much but Sly Cooper. <laughs> I want there to be branching yeah. paths where you either follow the honorable way of the samurai or go more of the way of the ghost of the thief and you know the stabbing and whatnot. Because there's so many times in the game where I'm like, I know doing the honorable samurai calling them out is going to be the more the tougher way to approach it. But I want to see if I can do that challenge. I want to see if I can do it this way. So. Mm -hmm. I, I hardly do any sneaking backstabbing. Anytime I fight, it's right up in their face, countering, changing my stances, etc. Okay. Only now have I gotten to a point where I've started using my shurikens and, uh, or, not the shurikens, the kunai knives and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, like, the sticky bombs. But that's only, do you, like... Do you use the challenges <clears throat> where you shout and you do, like, the quick, like, the, every, the quick draw? Every time. God, every that time. stuff's so cool. <laughs> every time. It, it, but that's also the honorable thing, is I'm not trying to sneak up on them. I'm just trying to go right up to it and just be mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm here, we're doing this. And I hate it whenever I have the sneaking missions where they've got the, the hostages, where I have to sneak in. I don't want to sneak. I just want to go in and be the honorable samurai. So, I get why they did it that way. It's telling a great story and creating a real kind of dynamic between doing what's honorable but doing versus doing what's effective. I just hope that whenever they create the sequel, I almost want it to be a Paragon versus Renegade system where how I play, not even like choices I make, how I play impacts the rumors and myths about me as a character. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. I mean, it wouldn't... I mean, uh, it's... Uh, 
wouldn't be too far of a stretch for him. I mean, this is the same group that made the infamous series, right? Yeah. Um, and so choice has always been, you know, it, it, well, since infamous has been part of their games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so that is my hope. Still loving it. Still absolutely loving it. Uh, I just unlocked the moon stance, so I now have all four stances. See, my thing is, I think what's going to happen is with, uh, I think it's going to be more like the story of the ghost is really more of the story of the birth of like the um, the classic Japanese ninja archetype, you know. So it wouldn't uh, surprise me if like the sequel is like Ghost of Tsushima, Birth of the Shinobi or something like that. Because that's what I felt from playing that game all the way through. Although I haven't played the Iki Island expansion yet. Do need to do that. Uh, the Iki Island expansion takes place like in the same like it's not like after the game oh, okay right? yeah it, it, it takes place like during the same timeline so it's okay. not like you're like you missed anything by i mean it's great you should play it it, it tells a, a great story about you know Jin and or, mm -hmm. what is his name isn't yeah it? yeah Jin's Jin's a guy. Guy. <laughs> yeah. okay first second one after i said it, it's like that doesn't sound right but okay yeah yeah Jin Sakai mm -hmm. and um and his dad it is oh, okay. what the Icky Island expansion is really about. Uh, spoiler, that's where his dad died, right? Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah, because yeah, I've actually come across where I can start the Icky Island if I wanted to. But I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off until like the final boss, go do Icky Island, and then come back to finish the game to have one kind of complete story. Yeah. How close are you to finishing the game? Uh, I am taking my sweet old time on this game, so... Okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm right dab in the middle of the second act, but I am doing every single side story as I come across them. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I just worked my way through the monk's story, or at least as far as I can right now, uh, with the uh, with the Buddha statue. Mm -hmm. uh, the heavy set monk. Yep. Yeah. What was his name? No. 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 Bye. No. 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 Or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, some of those man, those side those the side quests that you do, like your other like companions, are great. Mm -hmm. yeah, I I really liked um oh man, what's the lady? Lady Masakai? Is that her yeah, name? Yeah, uh, with her fallen house. Man. So so I Whew. don't don't spoil much here, but I, I have gotten to the it. point where her old housemaid was stealing uh, stuff, but that used to be her old lover. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I have a theory. I, I I can't prove this theory, but I have a theory. I think the person behind all of this found out she uh, was a little sweet on that uh, on the housekeeper there, and mm -hmm. is actually her husband. That ends like a, a jealous rage has done this. No, okay. Don't, don't say yes or no yet. Um, I have no reaction. Yeah, we'll we'll let you wait till next week. <laughs> if I get to it at that point by then. But I get yeah. But yeah, I've been enjoying it immensely. Um, looking forward to keep playing. And then once I'm finished with that, it's back to Elden Ring. Nice. I got you. Yeah. So what have you guys been playing? Uh well I still am focusing on um Cyberpunk. Uh again, okay. still really enjoying it. Uh again, I think uh, well but then again now now that I think about it, 
my complaints now with the game are they're just I have only encountered ever immersion breaking bugs. That's been it. Now I know for some people though there has been. So I think really honestly some of the vitriol that it gets now is just kind of held over for you know yeah they botched the launch. We had clearly the business people who know what they're doing on top say, no, this needs to come out now when everyone else was saying, oh, and yeah, you, you flubbed it. Now it's to the point, though, where it is in a very playable state. And now I would imagine CD Projekt Red is probably, they were probably able to tell Business Daddy, we told you, you know. And, yeah. you know, let us do what we need to do sure. and are probably fixing all of these quality of life uh, bugs that uh, are just immersion breaking before they then focus on expanded content. Uh, so, didn't they announce uh, an expansion? Not this year, but I think it's coming next year. So mm -hmm. when they launched the game, not only did they announce there'd be single player expansions, they announced an MMO style yeah. to it as well. A la Grand Theft Auto Online. Right. I, I think that, that the promises of the multiplayer stuff has been curtailed. I don't know if they're uh, still yeah. actually going to do that or not. But yeah. I, I do believe that there is a that they're already mentioned that they're working on the the first single player expansion for the game. Yes, but if I were them I would definitely it's not gonna horse. it's not gonna it's not gonna come out this year. I mean, yeah, it, but it'll, it'll I would also fix more of these bugs before, do more bug fixes than anything. Um, so I've been really enjoying that. I find myself really bad at bothering to do the main quest, though. I find myself Skyrimming a lot, you know, in that. <laughs> uh, there's just like, oh, what's this side mission? You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, this man's a cyborg uh, male enhancement has gone malfunctioning. He's now electrocuting him through the crotch let's get him to the doctor really quickly and uh you know that was a mission and then there's another oh this group of street punks is uh holding up a guy in basically like an asian food stand let's commit a slight amount of murder and set them straight <laughs> you know just stupid stuff like that and then there's some really cool side missions and it's just one of them was about a criminal who uh, he like killed a bunch of people in like a robbery gone wrong, and then went to jail and found Jesus in jail. Literally, he like you know discovered a religion, and he feels that the only way he can truly repent is to uh, have himself be crucified. And what has happened is a studio uh, who does what is called a brain dance. Now, brain dances are the new forms of entertainment. You kind of lock into kind of like a VR kind of situation, and it puts you through everything the viewer is experiencing. Pain, fear, uh, scent, smell, all that jazz. And they want to make a brain dance first-person view of this dude getting crucified. And I'm just like, okay, that's a thing. So, I mean, that's just some of the other, like, kind of crazy stuff. But then it also gets into the nature of, you know, like, what is religion in this world where, you know, basically 
everything that used to be a miracle is now just science. So, you see, I think they missed a golden opportunity here. He he shouldn't mm-hmm. be praying to Jesus. He should be praying to R and Jesus. Ah yes, oh, Randy. <laughs> so that was uh that was like the most recent mission, and I'm also trying to do one of the uh, the romance missions currently now, and uh, you know just a couple of these other cute things. But uh, I also keep reading there's like other characters like, and it's like, oh, you can get a trophy for doing all of these characters' missions because even though you know, depending on your gender, you can only be locked into two types of romances. The other characters will still appear. And I'm like, I haven't even met two of these characters. So it's just clearly like, I clearly have not been playing enough of the main story yet. So out of curiosity here, have you gotten to the limo missions yet? Limo, yes. I have met GLaDOS. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that is just one of many actual like science fiction, um, pop culture references that are in this game. Like a lot of the uh, icons in the game are actually um, for like power ups and stuff. They're actually like um, key images from like science fiction movies or other pop culture. So like one of them is literally like Lucas with a power glove like this, but he's got like a teched out face, you know, <laughs> from the wizard. And then there's GLaDOS. And then a lot of the, uh, some of the NPCs are apparently like famous streamers and YouTubers and other science fiction writers. And apparently Kojima. Yeah. Kojima's in a met Kojima. And then also cyberpunk, initially was a tabletop rpg and the creator uh plays a character in the game too so i mean nice to him yeah that's really cool so there's a lot of that stuff and other little things i notice uh i've gotten basically akira's motor uh kanada's motorcycle from akira now as well which is named the kusanagi so you know a little evangelion reference there too (laughs) So, really enjoying it. Um, Other than that, though, uh, as far as future gaming endeavors, I did say that my plan is over the summer to play a bunch of, like, small games. And I've also really kind of wanted to play some of these classic games that I never got to play because I was a Nintendo 64 kid, and I missed out a bunch of PlayStation classics that I've really been wanting to play. Such Um, as? Uh, so one of the games I have set aside for the summer now is I definitely want to play uh, Parasite Eve, okay. which I found that is only that's only about like ten to twelve hours, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that again. That's a that's a Square Enix uh, horror oh, game. Isn't yeah, it? yep, sure is. Wasn't it technically when it came out just an Enix game, but it was before the merger, or am I misremembering that? I believe it is a prior to merger. I don't remember if it's Square or if it's Enix. I think, I think it's Square, it. not Square, not Enix. But uh, yeah, but it seems now Square Enix is if it's not Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, they don't seem to care much anymore. Which, well, sadly, is a lot of uh, video game companies now. Capcom is exceptionally bad. Now, I, I, or surprisingly, I, Outriders. Well, mm. <laughs> but. To be fair, if you want some of the other franchises, you just have to play them on Nintendo. Because mm. they are bringing back, you know, much to my my uh, 
you know, pleasure. I mean, we, we're getting with live, live alive. Yep, looking forward um, to that. We're, we're getting the front mission one and mm-hmm. two apparently. Yep. Um, and they've been doing remakes. What was what was the recent one that just came out? Chrono Cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just uh, I wish Capcom would listen because all they keep seeming to do is like re-releases and remasters, and I'm like, yes, but I would like Darkstalkers four, please. Yeah. You, you and I guess I shouldn't say they're only on Switch. I think they're on everything. Uh, but uh, if you want Darkstalkers four, buy the Capcom arcade collection that's coming out this year. That I'm is totally the test. I'm I'm gonna buy two copies of that. I'm gonna buy the PlayStation <laughs> version so and I can actually play it, and the Switch version so I can play it portably. <laughs> nice. And uh, the only other thing I've been thinking about also, and I think I finally figured out my complaint. That I had there was one thing about Metal Gear Solid Five that bugged me, and I kind of looked more into it. And we were talking a little bit about this on pre-show, but I wanted to get this out there on the uh, podcast the universe, the interwebs, the podcast metaverse, if you will. Um, I am mad at Kojima. This is the one thing that I really feel he kind of did someone dirty on this, but I really like David Hayter. David Hayter is my solid snake. I mean, he was snake through Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4, Peace Walker, Portable Ops Plus, Acid 1 and 2, plus number of other, like, cameos and appearances. Freaking Smash Bros. Yeah, and uh, Kojima... It seems like, starting with Metal Gear Solid 3, Kojima always felt, it's just like, well, my creations are so amazing that they should be voiced by Hollywood actors. And so he started having Hater re-audition for every game, starting with Metal Gear Solid 3. And then finally, he was able to get Kiefer Sutherland for Metal Gear Solid 5. Now, nobody else changed voice actors at all for the game series. The Japanese voice actor for Snake didn't change either. But we had Kiefer Sutherland. And even then, Kiefer Sutherland is doing an amazing Solid Snake impression. I mean, was he bad in the role? Heck no, he did a really good job. But also at the same time, it wasn't the most talkative of Metal Gear Solid games for Snake. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Miller and uh, Ocelot talked a lot. Yeah, and Code Talker, even though he's in the game for maybe a bit less than half probably does a way more talking than Snake does in the whole game, too. Mm-hmm. And so, and even then, for those of you who know the plot of the game, there would have been a perfect opportunity to have David Hayter voice Snake in some sections. Those of you who know, I don't, I don't, Chris, have you played? I've I mean, played I'm, it. Okay, I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, but so. You can I, buy the game for five bucks now. Yeah, you know. Go get and, it. And I, I'm out of excuses now, too, because I played it for uh, my new game of the year. And I'm very glad I did. I really did enjoy it. But, you know, that's just something to me that screams like Kojima is just like, I am the most famous of game designers now, and I want my characters to be voiced by famous people. And it's just like, um, dude. of the characters that you have made for video games have been stolen from popular movies. Because Snake is Snake Plissken. Uh, The characters from Police Knots are uh, Murtaugh and 
Oh, who is the other guy from Lethal Weapon? Basically, Mel Gibson and uh, Danny Glover's characters are the two characters from Police. I have a confession. I have never yeah. seen any of the Lethal Weapon movies. Really? Yeah. Surprising, but it's not one of the ones I would feel that you have to see. And then, yeah. uh, oh, what's the other one uh, that he did? Snatcher is Blade Runner. Yeah. So, yeah. it's just one of those things. It's just like, dude, you're 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 almost very good at getting to the point between is this an homage, a parody, or just outright stealing? So, don't get me wrong. And other games are guilty of this, too. Like, if you were to look at the plots for the first four Metroid games, they kind of mirror the plots of the four, first four Alien movies closely. Yeah. <laughs> if you want 100% pure original Kojima, go play Death Stranding. And even then, in art or anything, we used to joke in college, some of the professors would say, when it comes to art... Uh, 10% is original ideas, 90% is borrowing someone else's. <laughs> so I That's get it. A but remix. It, yeah, but at the same time, it's just, you know, this was clearly Kojima kind of feeding his own ego, which on the one hand I get, but at the same time, when you have an actor who has been Solid Snake, and really, I mean, I know he didn't know at this point that this was going to be the last Metal Gear game with him involved. I still feel it's just like you gotta pay tribute to the original. So that yeah. that's my two cents. So Kojima, you were you're kind of a butthole when it came to people who did you good for quite a long time. So shame like, on you. <laughs> like I've, like I've been saying from the get go here, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is definitely not a perfect game. That is kind mm. of a, a travesty. There, um, some of the story elements were. Eh. Yeah, I have always mm -hmm. praised the game for its gameplay and its game mechanics. Mm -hmm. The fact that if you keep going for headshots and then halfway through the game they start wearing helmets, that they adapt mm -hmm. their troops based on your play style is mm -hmm. one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a video game. But you mm -hmm. are absolutely right. How he treated uh, uh, David Hayter, he did him dirty. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I, Especially when never... everybody else got to keep their death. You know? I, I would always assume that it was Konami. I didn't realize or know that it was it was a Kojima. Mm -hmm. yep, well, now yep. I'm slightly concerned that if Kojima ever came back to do Metal Gear Solid, it's going to be uh, what's his name uh, from The Walking Dead. Oh, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus and Snake, and uh, instead of rations, they're going to do Monster Energy drinks. So I, I think the audience wants uh, Kojima to do Metal Gear again. I don't think Kojima. Yeah, I, I mean, think... he's been saying since like Metal Gear Solid Two that he did, he was done. Yeah, so and then he gets another idea. Um, I want Blue Point to do it. I think that's also why, like, he has had uh, so many celebs in Death Stranding because finally he was just like, "It's a company willing to believe in me and fulfill all my wildest oh. celebrity <laughs> fantasies." You know, he actually has a video company now, right? I did he, not know that. Make, yeah, he's making a motion picture of some sort. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he got a little big for his britches, I felt, and then that's why he's got Norman Reedus and uh, Guillermo del Toro and all of these other people showing up. And, and 
a lot of <laughs> I mean in I mean in, I guess in Kojima's defense a lot of those people are actually like his friends like he knows mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. like why Jet some, some, in there yeah mm. yeah so, some of them are just like you know because he's such a fan of, of mm-hmm. certain uh, actors and filmmakers mm-hmm. that's why they're in there mm-hmm. and it made sense to work with Guillermo when they were going to do Silent Hills together and they were also going to work with Junji Ito who's probably one of the sure. most well, incredible horror manga uh, writers and illustrators it has ever been some of my displeasure to read because of how awful and scary his craft can be mm-hmm. well Norman Reedus was going to be in the Silent Hills mm-hmm. game as well, so I mean, it's like he picked up where he left off there and just made some yeah. some some craziness. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I, I'm sorry, I have got us completely off topic, but yeah. So, <laughs> what what have I been playing? I think I'm the only one left to talk about that. <clears throat> yep. So since last week, um, I did finish playing uh, again Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, I apparently I didn't realize I did this. I, I beat the game on the hardest difficulty, um, and I unlocked a secret ending, which was pretty cool. Um, not that it was like anything like you know, um, it was funny. It was uh, there was some a song that I unlocked. Now you replayed it because they unlocked the variable refresh rate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful game, man. I love. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Lots and lots of fun. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about Rift Apart. <clears throat> the other game, um, and I, for some reason, didn't talk about it at all last week, but I'll do it the, the service of talking about it now. I, I did the, the mistake of talking about it before we were recording, and so then when we were talking and recording, I, it just slipped my mind. But um, yeah, uh, over the, I guess, our, our long break, and uh, literally just tonight, I finally finished uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits, which is okay. uh, in, an indie game that doesn't look like an indie game. Um, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's a lot of like Zelda influence with some Pikmin in it, um, and it has a very like spiritual because I mean it's called you know Bridge of Spirits uh, mm-hmm. type uh, uh, touch to the story, as as you could probably imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Literally guiding spirits to the afterlife oh neat but yeah i i enjoyed it um it's kind of crazy that this is the ember labs first video game like ever that is impressive yeah um so there's you know there's some you know aspects to the game that a little rough around the edges and it's not from like a polished standpoint uh I guess my one complaint about it is the game is much harder than it looks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I played most of the game on normal mode until I got to the second to the last boss, <laughs> and I just kept, oh, I just, I just kept getting frustrated fighting that that the dude. Um, and and the worst part is this is the first time that, uh, so the boss before it, I was able to get past him by by watching the as a plus member, you get the hints and you can watch like the clips of hey, this is how you do it. And that was uh, enough to get me past the third to last boss. The second to last boss, I watched it, did not help. Did not <laughs> help. It was super frustrating because I basically get to like, I think at best like 25% health and I just run out of gas. 
because mm. <clears throat> and, and when i did finally beat it and I, I finally beat it tonight and i was like you know what screw it i'm just gonna knock it down to baby baby <laughs> mode and i i just want to see how the story ends mm. you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> no, there, our, time, our time on this earth is limited and mm-hmm. if you've already gotten the enjoyment out of the gameplay portion hold on um then yeah yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like doing it, right? But at the same time, it's like you said, right? Um, I, I, it was either that or I just not come back and play it. And I was like, oh, I, I want to at least know how this ends. I've gotten this far. And it did not disappoint. It's a good game. It's got a good little story to it. Would you say it's worth buying at full price? Or is that one you would recommend to wait until it's on sale? Well, I think full price is only like $40, so I think it's worth a $40 game. Hmm. Okay. All right. Seems. Cool, cool. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about less fun things and more about infuriating things. The most rage-inducing bosses. So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Syrup Shots Gaming Podcast. Like going to a diner late at night, taking a shot of syrup. It's probably a bad idea, but we're going to do it anyway. If you like this content, please leave a like, comment, subscribe. You know that usual general stuff that people ask you to do. Uh, What's that? You want to leave us a review? Fantastic. You can leave a five-star review, wink, wink, at uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get this great content. Thank you for choosing to listen to us, and we look forward to bringing you more dumb content in the future. All right, and welcome back. So now most rage-inducing bosses that we have ever encountered. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I figured we could do two each. Okay, I get good. I got two. But my thing is, I can only remember ones from, like, more recent memory, so I know there have been several, but these are the ones that really, like, made me lose my crap within the uh like probably the last decade anymore before then it's just i guess it's one of those things where uh the past start to look more starts to look more rosy than it actually was oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want, oh we want me yeah. to go first yeah okay. it's, 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 you're, you're talking like, already yeah it sounds like you were, you were gonna go down a path oh, my there. bad my bad my bad, my bad. <laughs> okay okay so uh first off um the uh, one that I can remember being an absolute train wreck of a boss was um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, the final boss, uh, Senator Armstrong. Oh my uh, goodness. Yes, who could uh, refill his entire health bar in the middle of the fight if uh, you didn't know what you were doing. And also in that fight there, you were basically on low health automatically and there was very few resources for you to get health back in that fight so i just remember it being mind-numbingly hard and then i remember finally getting him down to health low enough i'm like yes i'm finally gonna win and then he starts regenerating his health and the game doesn't really it shows you what you do to do but what it doesn't tell you is that if you use like the aiming mode to do your sword slashes or something, uh, it doesn't count during his fight for some reason. And so I just remember being so frustrated, and I finally looked up like online, and it's just like, 
you know, you got to do it this way. And it's just like, why in the hell? In any other part of the game, but the way I did it would have been fine. Why with the battle with this butthole do I have to do it the absolute other way? And it's just a mind-numbingly frustrating fight. There's nothing really, you know, like a core mechanic that makes it fun. And no, it is just literally a knockdown, dragout fight with you in the game. I mean, there is really no fun to be had at that point. It's just like, I just want to see the end of the damn game. Let me do what I want. And <laughs> no, we've got this roided-out U.S. senator who's talking about his glory college football days, and it's just like, shut up and die! <laughs> I want to go back to slicing giant robots in half with my incredible sword while my robot dog follows me. Uh, uh, I mean, the fight with him with the, like, the, the other Metal Gear in, in before that was even more fun, you know? And you're like dodging missiles and crap, and it's just like, how did we make fighting giant multi-limbed robot with missiles so much fun, but then fighting a dude in glasses? He looks like if Tyler decided to go roided out. That's what Senator Armstrong looks like, you know? And it's just like, first off, this design is uninspired, and second, why is it so not fun? Uh, not one of Platinum's finest moments. Yeah, or Kojima's I, for that matter. I'm not gonna lie, I love that boss fight. Oh, I, 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 I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. You're right, it was infuriating. But when I beat him, that was the most one of the most rewarding boss fights I have ever completed. Because I, uh, I never felt that it was completely unfair. There, there was some cheapness to it. Do not get me wrong, but I never felt it was completely unfair. Uh, I, 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 I look, I look back on that with, 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 just sunshine and rainbow glasses. Oh uh, man, I don't know. By the time it was done, I was just like, if this guy was on fire, I wouldn't pee on him to put it out. You know, it was just, <laughs> I had had enough of him so much at that point. Um. As for the whole time about it being, you know, you're thinking that it's not unfair. Well, at the same time, when they don't bother to tell you that, you know, oh, by the way, you can't use the aiming mode in the, um, uh, in this fight anymore, you know, it's just like that, that's just a cheap shot. That's just, that's just old school video game BS. And I, I was not having any part of that. Fair enough. Gotcha. <laughs> Dang it, Kojima! What are you doing? And Kojima's just on your list tonight, isn't he? I guess yeah, so. Yeah. Did, did Kojima have a big role to play in Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance? I think he wrote the plot. Yeah, his name stamped on it. I mean, he puts his name on everything. Because originally it was what? going to be a Kojima what? production. It was halfway okay. through where they kept having hitting hiccups there where they partnered with uh, Platinum, right? Yeah, because mm -hmm. it was just going to be Metal Gear Rising. Okay. Because I remember the, the uh, I call it the watermelon trailer where it just shows Raiden lining up to about slice this watermelon into like all these 35 different pieces. 
because they okay. were showing off the tech at the time. I think Kojima wanted it so you could literally slice anything in the game, and it would be like two separate pieces, um, which that would be an astounding achievement in video game design. But by the time Revengeance came out, you could do some of that stuff, but then it's just like, oh, it disappears very quickly. Oh, yeah. I slice this Metal Gear Ray into 50 bite-sized alphabet soup pieces. And then it explodes. Yeah, and it explodes and disappears. Oh, well. There we go. <laughs> so, that was the one, number one on my on my list. Uh, that one that one was, yeah, when did that game come out? Ten years ago? Ugh. Yeah, something like that. Reminds me of this comic. I don't think I sent it to you guys, but I meant to. And it's just it's like there's this kid running around and he just says, hey, guys, you remember this old gem of a game? And then it just shows the main character of the comic. But that game just came out. And then he just goes, wait. Oh, God. And then the next scene is him with a walker. Just like he didn't realize it's been that long. Uh, that's me. <laughs> uh. What was the last Pokemon game you played, Mr. Uh, Mr. M? Uh... Pokemon X, that was a great one. That came out ten years ago. I was five. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of cheap shots and speaking of old games, um, the the first one I'm going to talk about today is uh, Jinpachi from Tekken Five, which released in 2004, which was the final boss uh, for the story mode, arcade mode, whatever you want to call it. Um, that you had to go through with all of your characters. That was Tekken 5, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I saw. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I said it came out in 2004. Oh, my If bad. you wanted to feel old, uh, yeah, I'm you're, telling you're, you. Yeah, when we graduated high school. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Um, really, <laughs> this whole list could have just been video game fighting game, video game boss fights in fighting games that are it could have been. It could have been. This guy was, and you know, I'm, you know, of the three of us here, I am the least, uh, you know, fighting game aficionado. But, um, you know, at one point in time, I used to be a pretty big Tekken fan. And um, starting with, I think, Tekken 2, um, or Tekken 3. I think it was Tekken 3. It was on the original PlayStation. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> and, man, that last boss, he was just a doozy because he, Depending on who you're playing with, he could kill you in two hits. So, oh, and he had a projectile. He would shoot out a fireball. Mm. So it's and not like he didn't have reach. So yeah, you, a, I mean, uh, if you're playing, there's hardly any projectiles at all. Yeah. So I mean, exactly. It's not like you're playing Mortal Kombat or Street mm -hmm. Fighter where there are, you know, projectiles are a little bit more common. Um, if you're playing as a big, heavy dude, you had to play, you know, perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're on the, the other side of it, right, if you're playing a super, someone super, super fast, mm -hmm. it doesn't hit so hard. Uh, you just better, better keep dodging. <laughs> it, it's not that he was unbeatable. Um, I, I was able to beat him with uh, a lot of the, the characters I was good at. But that was that that became the first. Well, actually, it was the last second game I played. But <laughs> prior to that, I beat the game with every character in the fighting game roster because that's what you used to do with fighting games, right? Yeah. 
That's how you uh, unlock the characters. Now you just unlock yeah. his visa card. <laughs> well, that was uh, the first uh, the first second game where I didn't that, that I had played that I didn't do that. I, I beat them with the characters that I liked um, and that I was good at. Um, I, I tried with a few of them, and then I was like, "Yeah, this guy, this guy sucks. Mm. I'm done. I'm done." I remember at the time we were working very quickly, and you and our old coworker Rick. Apparently, like you two had been at each other, one of the other's house, just trying to beat Jinpachi. <laughs> and the amount of swearing that was in the kitchen that evening. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I, I wasn't the Tekken fan. And I still really am not. Like, the most Tekken I've played was Street Fighter Cross Tekken. <laughs> yeah, I never played that. But... Uh, and uh, so it's just like, so I knew of Tekken, but it's just like you were ask, I was asking you guys about well, like who's Jinpachi? Oh, it's Heihachi's dad, and I'm like, oh, Heihachi's the one with like the. Um, <laughs> so the interesting story, for the most part, for for those of you who don't know anything about Tekken or Tekken stories, it, it's all about this messed up, abusive uh, family dynamic. You've got uh, Jin, who, who's the like on the cover of uh, Tekken Five and Tekken Four. Um, who is the the grandson of Heihachi, uh, and 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 Jin's dad is Kazuya, who's mm. literally his alter is a devil. But mm. yeah, Heihachi actually throws Kazuya off a off a volcano mm. or into a volcano. Um, I think. It, I think, well, I think now games. everyone knows about that for Smash Brothers. Yeah. The throwing <laughs> off of the cliff into the volcano meme. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's throw Ganondorf and Captain Falcon and Min Min. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, then, here comes Kirby. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, you know, there's some weird characters. Like there's I think a raptor. Um, yep. And, Alex. Yeah. And a kangaroo. And a kangaroo with, with yeah. boxing gloves. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and, and and there's Kuma, the bear. So yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Who uh, video game donkey was showing me that can you know beat people with a salmon you know so mm-hmm. sounds it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a fun arcade you know fighting game mm-hmm. um, I, that I haven't played in a long time. But yeah, that boss sucked. Mm. Oh, he was cheap, and I think that's I mean. You had started to to talk about that when you were telling your 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 hated boss mm-hmm. or frus- frustrating boss. Yes, that it just it just felt like it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one thing when you know it's a hard game and it's a hard boss and you know it's on you, but when it just arbitrary difficulty spikes, you know that's when it feels like crap. And fighting games are really bad about this. So like. Mm-hmm. Onaga from Mortal Kombat Deception. Uh, the so, uh, Shao Kahn from the original MPAs. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't you're about to take mine. Mm, oh, I am. Oh, I better. Stop well, talking. well, well, Tyler, uh, it's your turn. Uh, yeah. Then. yeah. So, Which fighting segue. game character are you talking about? So I was debating between a couple of different fighting game bosses. At first, I was leaning towards Gil from Street Fighter Three: uh, Final Impact. Because he was obnoxious, and then once he finally got his life bar down, he healed it all back. Yes, and wasn't but, the only way to interrupt that with, like, uh, an ultra? Yeah. 
Back. Yeah. That, so that was infuriating. But the more I thought about it, I went back to Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 Shao Kahn. Mm. And there there are a couple different reasons you were talking about that, that, that mm -hmm. he stands out as the biggest FU to players. Mm -hmm. So first off, Chris, you were talking about how Tekken doesn't have projectiles. Well, what if projectiles don't matter? None of them stun him. You can't do a get over here. You can't free Shao Kahn. It gets it might do a tiny bit of damage, but then he just shadow shoulder strikes you and you're dead. Um But the worst offense, the absolute worst, the quarter gobbling monstrosity, he read your inputs. He yes, knew what you yeah. were gonna do before you did it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They have now admitted that for Mortal Kombat 2 and Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, three and yeah. all of them as a way to create difficulty in the game and uh, eat more quarters, the the arcade machine was reading your button inputs. Not just the arcade one. The SNES ones did that too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you've tried to do it on any, on any of the harder difficulties, good luck. Because mm -hmm. you were not going to sleep that night, because it ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. it, well, there was one way to do it, and I remember we were playing it at your place, and we had that um, we had that one uh, former friend, uh, uh, not our Phil, a, a different Phil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we were playing, and you guys were like, "Yeah, you can't beat Shao Kahn," and I'm just like, "Well, there's one character you can," and I. Uh, but Noob Saibot for Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, you could. Because now you were basically being a cheap, cheap I mean, bastard. It, all you had to say was you're playing as Noob Saibot, and I assumed you were being a cheap bastard. Yes, but in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, he had the Ghost Fireball, which literally made it, it like, surrounded the enemy with, like, a field, and then they any move. They couldn't block, and they couldn't damage you while that effect was on there. And then also, Noob had a combo unique to him that was just the low kick button four times in a row. Yeah. So, spam both of those moves, you will beat Shao Kahn, because even if he's reading your inputs, he still can't damage you. <laughs> That's one of the few uh, projectile moves that actually had any impact on him, because most of the other ones he didn't flinch from, he didn't do mm -hmm. get over here, he didn't freeze... Yeah, I mean, freaking Motaro in front of that reflected them at you. Mm -hmm. The yep, only yep. the only version of Shao Kahn that might be tougher, and this is a huge might be, is the the Tower of Challenges in Mortal Kombat Nine, the 2011 one. Yes, mm -hmm. because that one was the final challenge of the tower. You had to beat in one life without dying on very hard difficulty. Goro, Kintaro, Melina, and Shao Kahn. Yep, and that's how you got that like uber skimpy Melina in band-aids yeah. out there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, the the fact that fighting games used to read your inputs like that just to gobble up quarters, infuriating. But oh, yeah. but there's always that part of you like, I can do it. I can outthink mm -hmm. the thinking machine. I, you know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. There's got to be a perfect, unparryable, unblockable pattern. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
I remember that being part of the story mode, and it was actually pretty hard. And then you had to uh, fight Goro and Kintaro on one life, but you had to do it as Cyber Sub Zero, which mm-hmm. was so brand new at the time that you weren't able to really think of any like legacy moves that he could have, except for you know the ice ball. And that the was about mode? it. The ice ball, you know. Oh, uh, he had the slide too. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, anyway, but all of his other moves, though, were different. And even then, his X-Ray move was different from everybody else's, and that you had to jump to use it. <laughs> uh, so I just, when I found out the what you needed to do to get the, the final Molina costume, and I'm just like, I'm not that lonely. <laughs> not going to lie. I, I kind of hope that one day they re-release Mortal Kombat 9. Because mm-hmm. right now, uh, I, I had it on uh, PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But you can stream it on PlayStation now with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You can play it on Xbox. You have to buy, have the disc, though. They don't actually let you buy it digitally or physically anymore. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, that's lame. Yeah. Um, I think that's a Warner Brothers maneuver, but... Oh. And I think it also has to... Oh, might, boy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It might also have something to do with uh, the Kratos. Oh, yeah. That's true. But... That is one thing some of these companies don't think about when they have, oh, we have the guest character. Oh, well, it's one of the many reasons why Tekken 3 has a hard time getting ported to stuff because they have gone in it. <laughs> I mean, that's the same reason why Tony Hawk's Pro Skater took so long to get a, a remake mm-hmm. with all the music. Wow. Yeah, uh, also, and, Activision being Activision. Yeah, and freaking Spider-Man. <laughs> yep. All right, Dave? Who's your next oh, chief boss? Time for my or time for my round two. Okay, let me. I was I got the names mixed up earlier, so let me just double checking. Ah, uh, yes. So okay, story time background for this one. Uh it was around the time after I lost my uh, corporate job at a company where I did graphic design at. And that kind of crushed me. I had worked there for five years, and I thought things were finally starting to look better. They were bought out by a much larger corporation. And then, yeah, people just ended up on the cutting block. Uh, so I, I was one of the few to go, to go probably in, like, that first couple waves. Yeah. And uh, I was not in a good place. And at the same time, also... Um, one of the things that was making me bleed money was that uh, the meds I take, uh, because I have panic disorder, um, uh, was not generic yet. It, it was so close, like you could taste it, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't, wasn't generic there yet. yet. It just wasn't quite there yet. So I'm bleeding money because Cymbalta was expensive. And so I was, I just asked my doc, and I'm like, hey, look. Is there anything we can else we can try just to maybe, you know, until things get a little better, just kind of tide me over. We, we can just try it. And he's like, well, we can try this stuff. And so I, I, I can't even honest to God tell you what its name was anymore, but it was generic at the time. He doesn't say it didn't work. Okay. But mm-hmm. it was kind of a slow pot process to figure this out while, my body adapted from not being on some vaults anymore to being on this new stuff. So in that time, I decided to play Bloodborne <laughs> because 
the thing was, I became a job hunting, maniacal, crazy person. From the moment I woke, I still kept a schedule, even though it's just like I don't have to go to work. Be finding work became my full-time job at that point in my life. I would get up at 8 o'clock every day, and then I would Bye. get on the kitchen and apply, network, uh, do resumes, search the internet for more jobs, check out with other contacts that I had, and just do all of that crap. And just also, you know, kind of brainstorm with my dad because he had just gotten retired at that point and see if he had any contacts I could take advantage of, too. And I would do that from 8 in the morning until probably 12.30, 1 o'clock, just straight doing that. No breaks, you yeah. know, none of that. So that's a solid about five hours of doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, five hours of doing that, which, you know, then I would take lunch. And then what I would do is to also kind of just kind of keep my mind of things because it's just like, you know, just doing this stuff for the solid. And, you know, and some days it's just like nothing new comes up as you work on the day. So it's just kind of like that my work day was only about like five hours doing this stuff. But then it's just like I'm going on a walk, you know, so I would then take like an hour walk. But then by the time I'd be done with that, it's two o'clock and there's really not much else I could do until the next day and start the process over. So it's just like. I need something to do. So I play games. And I, you know, even sometimes as I would play them, I would feel bad, but my dad would also kind of be like, well, what else were you supposed to do? You know, right. you have followed up with everything you could this day. So uh, I was able to, you know, play a lot of games at the time that really kind of almost saved me in that, like, I was able to kind of really rediscover my love for Nintendo and that I was finally able to play and beat Earthbound at the time. Okay. I did the same with uh, Breath of the Wild. And, you know, there were a lot of great titles at the time. And, oh, and I bought Breath of the Wild on the Wii U for that reason. I, I, I couldn't afford a Switch. So I'm just like, ah, well, it's coming to the Wii U. Why not? So, but uh, my brother had come to visit for that Christmas. And he got me started on Bloodborne. And, you know, initially I was kind of hesitant to not play it with him because I was hoping that it could be kind of something fun we could do together. But his visits anymore are always, like, really brief and short <laughs> and kind of a whirlwind. So yeah. I'm just like, you know, let's just see if these Soulsborne games are really everything they say they are. And for the main game... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the heck out of the main game. Um, there were even some bosses. I'm just like, that was supposed to be hard. Or I, I either got insanely lucky, but each time again, it was also just like, oh, I can see what I did on that part. And it's just like, oh. Or then also the communities for these games are really positive. And so it's just like, I got to a really hard part in the game. What do I need to do? And why is this? And they're like, oh, well, what is happening is there are three bell maidens in there who ring the bells that resummon the dead enemies that you keep killing back to life. And until you kill them, they'll keep resummoning the enemies back. It's really the hardest part of the game. You just got to get through it, and you'll probably be fine. And I'm like, got it. All right. I got to find these women and kill them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Terrible sentences taken out of context. Yeah, out of context. <laughs> uh, out of context, Dave. Yay. Uh, 
So I the one thing Doug had not played though is he did not play the DLC, the old hunters. Um and I lucked out, managed to find it on like a sale, so I got it for like seven dollars. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'll be, I'll, I'll one up Doug. I will, uh, I will beat the old hunters DLC. <laughs> Little did you know. And then I got to the first boss of the old hunters DLC. <laughs> now I hear more often than not that the final boss for the DLC is the penultimate horrible boss for video games. It's on a lot of video games. That's not the one I had the most trouble with, though. And what got me was, his name is Ludwig the Holy Blade. <laughs> he basically looks like a giant human horse chimera, and not in like the cool centaur way, like in the, sure. David, in the David Cronenberg horror body horror film way. And, I mean, watch any video footage for, for Bloodborne, you'll see there's some weird stuff. Yeah, so it was Ludwig that he had, like, no pattern of predictability that I could find. And so with that, you know, with each fight, you can kind of see what you did wrong. But with him, it's just like, what do I do? And so, and the other problem I was having, as I mentioned with the meds, I was starting to then get so panicky and averse with this boss fight because my meds weren't working anymore. So mm. I'm now getting back to the place where, you know, like anxiety and panic are starting to trigger. And it's just kind of like, wait, this is what I'm supposed to do for fun, not freak out over like some kind of weirdo. And I even remember like, telling Chris about this like we were doing like a St. Patty's Day festival you came uh, to see it and I'm talking mm -hmm. about like a crazy person about like there's this creature in the video game this, you know like, <laughs> like I'm a meth addict at Home Depot trying to make art or something you know like oh let's add more two by fours and wooden screws you know <laughs> and, and it's just it was just so difficult, but I think part of the difficulty was just where I was at at the same time. So finally, I beat him, and it was probably, you know, like the tenth or some odd try. Because, you know, I don't like to brag, but I do pretty good at video games. And so the most any other boss in that game had taken me was three tries. And I would usually get it on the third try, because uh, I would, like, learn from my mistakes. And with him taking, like, at least 10, and to the point, it's just kind of like, you know, I've gotten my $7 out of this <laughs> deal. <laughs> and I'm just also like, you know, also, I still have it. You know, you can go back. I can always go back. Um, I know some people are like, but you beat the game, right? I'm like, yeah, I beat the game. Uh, I, I beat the moon presence. I got the like real official ending. Well, it'll just be harder the next time. Well, yeah, well, I can always delete my save and, you know, just restart because that's what the game does anyway. Right. So, uh, so, but I just, no pattern, uh, just so crazy to try and get to him. And again, it's a Soulsborne game and he's like one of the fastest things in the game. And he's that large. And, and then he has a mid fight transformation and that he pulls out 
the holy blade out of like his spine and then he then gains a whole new set of attacks and so it's just also like oh well it just took me you know like a half hour to get to you and now you have changed tactics completely and it's going to be another half hour for me to get back to you plus the first boss fight part which i'm still having trouble with uh i hate that guy <laughs> fair all right mm -hmm. question for the group does yeah. our, our our boss need to be one that we've actually beaten number one i'd say no yeah okay. number two does does it matter if it's i mean i guess dave dave's pick was was optional it's not a mm -hmm. a, a story driven boss so I guess the floor is mine. And again, this is Soulsborne. Every boss could technically be considered part of the story, even if it's optional. Because you know how the Soulsborne games are so lore-heavy, but narrative light. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. But it was DLC. Yeah, it was. And it was. Optional. Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to pick one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, you go. <laughs> All right. So, mine is actually from a game from last year. Okay. And it's a game series I usually have no troubles with. But the final boss of this game, there was a nice, easy breezy gameplay. You get to the final boss. Okay. And that is <laughs> Cynthia of the Elite Four from Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. <laughs> oh, okay. So everything else up until then, you've had kind of a natural progression with your leveling up and whatnot. And mm -hmm. in theory, hers lines up with the, with that kind of ascent. Mm -hmm. Except for three fundamental things that makes it completely different. Okay. One, she uses max revives throughout the whole darn thing or not max revive max restores so mm -hmm. it will cure any sleep it will cure any uh poison it will cure all health so that's thing number one mm -hmm. thing number two is their max ev and ivs uh, so, okay perfect stats mm. yeah it's they're the kind of pokemon that takes someone usually about 300 to 400 hours to breed one of those mother truckers. I got you. And then number three, also going on the breeding mechanics, they knew egg moves. They had hidden abilities that you can't get naturally in the game. Hmm. So you literally had to level up almost 10 levels above her with each of your Pokemon to beat her. Jesus. She is okay. the reason why James said, I beat her, I'm done with this game, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this the action... No, okay. Is this post-endgame stuff, Cynthia, or... Uh, this is just the base one. She gets tougher post-game. Oh, wow. Because she takes one of her dud Pokemon out of the mix and adds mm -hmm. a, a fairy flying type. So can handle mm. any uh, dragon types, and gets up to I think like level eighty five. Oh, geez. all with max IVs and uh, max stats. So you, so you got to be level one hundred with everybody. <laughs> yep, and this is also something different from 
the, the other things in the game, her Pokemon have held items. Mm. And she is very clever with those held items. And I will give you one prime example. There's a Pokemon called Melodic. It's a, a water type, uh, water serpent thing. Oh, okay, yes, yes. It has an ability called Marvel Scale. Mm-hmm. If it suffers from an ailment like burn, poison, paralysis, etc., mm-hmm. its defenses double. Yeah, not fun. She, she has it holding a flame orb, so it auto burns itself on the first turn every time. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and then we'll heal it, but not heal the burn. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it was one of those things where. You know, just natural progression, wall. Gotta go back and just grind up, get ready for it. And she actually has a counterpart in uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Someone's like her ancestor. Almost the same identical team. Mm. Except breaks the fundamental rule of Pokemon. Which is you can't have more than six Pokemon. Oh, this okay. mother trucker has her team, then Giratina, the dragon ghost Pokemon. Isn't that like the Pokemon devil? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And then you have origin form Giratina after that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's like, with, with you not being able to heal or do anything in between any of those, it is one straight fight. <laughs> wow. I like oh, a good challenge, that's... but it, 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 I like it when it has a natural progression to it. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's sure. a curve, you know, I, even... I don't, I don't need it to go flat line, ninety degree. Even Miyazaki from uh, from From Software would be like, "That's a bit much." <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, which. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I always hope that there's a, a, a hard mode in Pokemon games. I, that's something I think that needs to be in the next games. But again, natural progression. And have it be stuff that you when you fight them, you can have too. If I can't get that Pokemon with those abilities, with those attacks in the game, that ain't fair. No, no, it's not. <laughs> so that is that is my rant. That is why. <laughs> If you were ever play a Pokemon game, she is the queen. She is the the tippy top of of the elite fours of any of the regions. Lance can suck it. Ah. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Tyler's TED Talk, everybody. Yes, there you go, there you go. All right, well, I will uh, pick my uh, my 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 final choice of a frustrating boss. Well, will be both optional. Um and an old game again. I, I will um mine is Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts 2. I was wondering if that was gonna be who it was. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh man, I spent so much time in that game. I love Kingdom Hearts 2. It's a great game. Um far better than the the sequel that we that we got, what, ten years later. Mm. Um I, which is disappointing, and that's not the topic of our discussion for the day. But, man, I did, like, everything in that game. I got, like, all stacked up and ready to fight Sephiroth. He's still hard. 
Mm-hmm. Like I have heard <laughs> that you can get max level and still be difficult. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I was, and I unlocked. I think uh, I think the 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 I think I had an ultimate weapon, which is the the best keyblade that you can get. And I I was all kitted out, man. Just still hard. He's still hard. Um, mm-hmm. You have to. I mean, there's um, and the bad thing about it is by the time that I got to that point. I was so overpowered and overleveled against everything else that I was no longer that good at the game anymore because I didn't have to be. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, crap. I have to, like, time my attacks and and, and I have to avoid certain attacks. There's some things that you can block. A lot of it you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's hard. He's very mm-hmm. hard. Um, and and you know, I like the a lot of the the Square games that have included the optional bosses. I think it's fun. It adds an extra layer of challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my fondest memories are playing, you know, some of the older Final Fantasies that had those optional bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Sephiroth, frustrating as hell. Mm-hmm. I never beat him. I never beat him. Oh. Well, I tried fighting him once in Kingdom Hearts original, and it's just like, nope, we're not doing it. <laughs> uh, I've been contemplating doing a, a replay of the Kingdom Hearts game before Kingdom Hearts Four comes out. Uh, I still need to play Kingdom Hearts Three. Well, that would also be included in that for me. Yeah, but uh, I should probably play again because. As far as the storyline is concerned, I, I don't remember much. And then now, what's even worse is they made oh, it's so complicated. So, so yeah, I, they, I, they made every side game have required story to it. So I have heard the best analogy that that makes it okay to have all those side games. Okay, mm-hmm. Imagine Kingdom Hearts is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you're gonna say that. <laughs> One, two, and three are the Avenger movies. All the mm. other ones are the individual solo films gotcha. of the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, nah. Yep. That's I, I remember there, right? Chain of, chain of Memories on my Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yep. That is one of the few ones you can't replay. Uh, they have a newer version that's in 3D. Yeah, the Rechain of Memories. Rechained, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so fingers crossed uh, that whenever they do virtual Game Boy and Game Boy Advance on the Switch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could still replay it. I still kept the cartridge. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Guys, mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent podcast tonight. Yeah. We an did excellent it. but frustrating podcast. <laughs> yeah. If I was wearing my Apple Watch, I'm pretty sure it would tell me my heart rate went up just thinking about some of those bosses. Yeah, Senator Armstrong. <laughs> oh, you must be working out. <laughs> oh yeah, Ludwig the Holy Blade, uh, Mister Dave, you've had a heart attack. Just, just, I just already hear in my head, Shao Kahn, you suck. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> uh, but guys, thanks for joining tonight. Thanks for listening, listeners. And until next time, game on. Game on, everybody. Game on.